0: Now when he saw the crowds, he went up to the ma- on the mountainside, and he sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for righteousness, uh, for they will be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those uh, who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, can I first of all say uh, what a real privilege it has been to be with you uh, today. It was a real joy to be with you this morning. And uh, to be at your, um, I nearly said, barbecue picnic. It really was great to be with you. So uh, thank you for making our family is so welcome. And uh, tonight we're going to hear something from the Sermon on the Mount. It's amazing. I thought I'd get away with uh, preaching this talk with no one here who's ever heard it. And I turn around and then one of the young people from All Souls Church is sitting behind me. (coughs) Amazing. What's the coincidences of that? So there's at least one person here who would have heard this talk before. But there you go. God never ceases to surprise you. Let's uh, bow our heads and then uh, let's... uh, Listen to his words. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you're a God who loves to speak to your children. We thank you you're a God who is full of compassion and mercy. We thank you so much for that song. The many, all the songs we sung tonight, we thank you for that song that Steph sang to us so full of meaning and truth. That You're a God of grace. We fail you so often, yet you forgive us. And for that, oh God, we are eternally grateful. And Father, I pray everything that I say tonight would be said and couched with the foundation of everything being your grace and your mercy. Please be with us now, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, and I'll just read a little bit that comes before the Sermon on the Mount, and really it's this story that we're going to think most of tonight. The little story that becomes before Matthew chapter 5 and the Sermon on the Mount. And then we're going to be plunging into the Sermon on the Mount. So just turn, will you please, to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. You know, it's a youth uh, service tonight, the one that you have every year. But really, I want to speak to young people, but not just to young people. You know, I wonder, as those disciples were standing there, and they saw the Lord Jesus walk towards them, and as he said these words to them, come follow me, I wonder if they knew what they were letting themselves in for. You know, it's amazing that the first words that Peter hears from the Lord Jesus are these words, you come follow me. It's amazing if you look in John chapter 21, it's the last words that he hears from the Lord Jesus. Come, follow me. You know, the first point I want to make tonight is really that very point. When the Lord Jesus says, come, follow me, what does he mean? And if we do follow him, what kind of a difference are we going to make? Just listen to these words of Mahatma Gandhi, that great... Indian leader. He said this. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. If Christians would really live according to the teachings of Christ, as found in the Bible, or let's change as found in the Sermon on the Mount, all of India would be Christian today. You know, what kind of an impact would it make if from this church there was a generation of young people who took the the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount seriously? What difference would it make? You know, just turn a little bit into Matthew, just Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 to 16. Just look with me at these words of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by men. You are the light of the world. A city in a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Look, Jesus says, if you're going to live the Sermon on the Mount, if you are going to follow me, then you will be like three things. You will be like salt, you will be like a light, you will be like a city on a hill. Look, what's the one thing that's true of all those things? Jesus is making a very simple point, as he often does, in three ways, and he's making the same point three times. What's he saying? You're going to be a follower of me, three things are going to be true of you. You're going to be like a city on a hill. You're going to be like salt, you're going to be like light. What does Jesus mean? Now, this is a youth service, so I'm going to throw the question out. What does he mean? I'm asking you. I'm looking for an answer. What does he mean? Sorry? Distinctive. He's making one point. Look, a few years ago, I was leading a team at, at New World Alive, and we was at a holiday camp. And I thought foolishly that my team liked me, even loved me. We went and got our dinner. We ate our dinner. Then I thought, I forgot a pudding. I'll go and get my pudding. Nobody else forgot their pudding. I did. I went and got my pudding. I think it was apple crumble with custard, if I remember. I'm bringing it back, looking forward to getting my teeth stuck into it. And then I think, before I eat my pudding, I'll take a swig of my tea. I took a swig of my tea, and what had they done? They'd laced it with salt. And you take a swig, and then what do you do? You... You spit it out. You cannot have salt. It always makes a difference. You're driving along and it's dark and there's a city on the hill, you notice it. If this place was pitch black and somebody came in with a light, you would notice them. Jesus is saying, if you are my disciple, you will always be noticed. Look, young people, do you want to be radical? We live in an age where really it's nearly impossible for young people to be radical, because they all look the same. You might be one kind of young person, but all your group will be the same. When I was a young person, the, the group I loved was the clash. They were an angry, they had something to say. They were punk rockers. They stood out. They had green hair or they had a Mohican. You stood out. If you want to stand out as a young person, don't get a Mohican, don't dye your hair, just be a Christian and you will stand out. Let me tell you, far more today than ever. Look, Jesus says, follow me. Now, we've been in your beautiful city and let me tell you, you know it's a beautiful city. As a visitor, it is a stunning city. And on Thursday night, we're thinking, what should we do? So we thought, oh no, we'd go on a tour. And being in Scotland, we thought we'd go on a free tour. (laughs) So we picked up one of these. And look, if you're going on a tour, what's the first thing you want to know? Where's it going? There's a pub tour. There's a ghost tour. Or there's a free tour. And it goes to Edinburgh Castle, St. Giles Cathedral, Royal Mile, the old town. And we thought, that's the one we want to go on. That when Jesus says, come follow me, the first question you want to ask him, obviously, is, is, where? Where are you going? Where are you going, mate? Jesus is on a tour. Okay, where's the destination? The destination is heaven, but it's via somewhere. It's via where? It's via the cross. The place of suffering. Look, Just look down again at verses 11 to 12. Jesus lists in verses 3 to 10, look, if you're going to be a disciple of me, this is the kind of character you've got to have. You've got to be poor in spirit. You've got to be meek. You've got to to mourn over your sin. You've got to be merciful. That's the kind of person you're going to be. Okay, if you are like that, then you'll be just like an Old Testament prophet. Because they were just like that. Jesus is saying, you want to be like an Old Testament prophet, then I'll tell you what they were like. Verses 3 to 10. Okay, if you are like that, then what's going to happen to you? Jesus tells us, verses 11 to 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, I'm going to one place and one place only, and that's where? The cross. And that equals suffering. Now, young person, do you want to follow that kind of Jesus? Because it's the only Jesus of the Bible. Older person, do you want to follow a person who says... Actually, yourself has to be turned inside out. You're going to be selfless all of the time instead of selfish. All of the time. Just listen to what Jesus says in John 15 20. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Look, without any shadow of a doubt, Young people, parents, we're growing up in a very soft culture. Seb, Sebastian Coe, that great Olymp, double Olympian gold winner, says this. I get young people come to me at the, at the running track and they say, Seb, I want to be like you. I want to be an Olympian gold winner. Sebastian Coe says, fantastic. What you've got ahead of you is eight years of absolute dedication and training. Where you've always got to put your training first and winning the gold medal. No late nights, no drinking, no messing about with your mates. You've got to be here. And they look at him as if he's someone out of space. But Jesus is saying, come follow me and it's the part of suffering. "Come follow me, and you are going to have to leave behind things." Look at verse chapter four, verse 19. Chapter four, verse nine. "Come, follow me," Jesus said, "And I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Look at verse 21. Going on from there, he saw two brothers. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in their boats with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. Immediately, they left the boat. Look, young person, everybody, if we, if I am going to be a follower of Jesus, he will constantly ask me to leave things behind. You cannot follow Jesus and not leave things behind. Look. What what kind of things does Jesus ask you to leave behind? Well, turn on to Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 to 22. Jesus, as, as he goes on in Matthew, he's going to define what following him means. Now, I would never say these words. I would never have the guts, the boldness to say the words of Jesus. Only he can say what I'm going to say. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 5 sorry Matthew 8 verses 18 to 20 when Jesus saw the crowd around him he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake then the teacher of the law came to him and said teacher I will follow you wherever you go Jesus replied brilliant join the club mate Jesus said fine no problem Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Let's have a sort of uh, um, I don't know if you like what's that program, um, the old sports program, where you used to have, uh, you had a picture of someone you had to guess. What was it called? Sorry. Sorry. Thank you, Gary. Question of sport, you always rely on Gary. Now, here's a picture for you. Who can tell me who these are? I bet you don't get that, Gary. No, not monks. Close. Who can tell me who they are? Come on, some of you older ones should know these are. These should be your heroes. Sorry, England team. <laughs> I tell you what, watching them today, I'm a West Ham fan, and watching them was like watching West Ham or Scotland. No, answer that. Anybody know the Cambridge Seven? Cambridge Seven. They were. Seven guys who studied at Cambridge, hugely, hugely, hugely privileged people. And they all went to China as missionaries. This is probably the most famous one. Who anybody know who that is? He's kind of your David Livingstone. He's the English version of David Livingstone. Went to the Museum of Scotland yesterday. What a man, David Livingstone. You look at his three journeys around Africa, and you're thinking, this is over 100 years ago. What a man. He followed Jesus, whatever the cost. What a man. Well, this is England's version of uh, David Livingstone. Anybody know who it was? He played for England, cricketer. C.T. Stud. Look, he had a massive fortune. Massive fortune. He played cricket for England. And he left all of that to go to Africa and China to be a missionary. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to play for England. I'm not saying it's wrong to pursue your gift. But what would people say to him today if he did that? Think of your influence you can have. Could you see anyone encouraging that in the culture we live in today? Look, this is what he said. Some want to live within the sound of song and chapel bell. But I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. But let me challenge you, young people. When you take your A-levels or your GCSEs, do you take them, parents, when you're encouraging your young people to take their GCSEs or their A-levels, do you get them to think it through in a gospel way? Do you have gospel glasses on? So, do you think if they have any kind of talent... In their languages, do you ever think France? Hardly any evangelical Christians there. Spain, completely barren, evangel- with, with any Christians. Think of Portugal. Think of huge parts of Europe. Do you, does it ever come into your mind to think? Let's encourage young people. Take a language. Get the state to pay for you to be a missionary. Does that thought ever go through your mind? Well, let me tell you, it should do. It should do. Your GCSEs, your A-levels, your decisions, if you're a Christian, should be Jesus-shaped. Not U-shaped. Not career, best career, nice house, middle class shaped. No, Jesus-shaped. When you take your choosing what you're going to do at university, is it Jesus-shaped? Or is it you-shaped? What is it? C.T. Stard, his whole life, um, Livingstone, his whole life is Jesus-shaped. Comfort. Comfort. That word comfort isn't in David Livingstone's vocabulary. Comfort is not in the vocabulary of CT stud. It's follow Christ whatever the cost. Young people, look, you're drugged, you're living in a very comfortable culture. Look, don't let it drug you. Parents, don't don't help the drug. You've got to leave behind comfort. Secondly, let's uh, turn some more words of Jesus. Underlined words of Jesus. Matthew 10, verse uh, 24 and 25. A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, which is the devil, how much more the members of his household? Look, and everything I'm saying, I'm saying first to Trevor Pierce, okay? So I'm not just having a go at you. I'm saying Trevor Pierce, Trevor Pierce, Trevor Pierce, Trevor Pierce, Trevor Pierce. Look, if you follow Jesus, one thing you have to be willing to kiss goodbye is your reputation. Look, can you get any lower than being called the devil? Jesus is is ready to be called the devil for the mission of God. Now, don't think Trevor Pierce could actually be called anything worse than what Jesus was called. His reputation is at rock bottom there, isn't it? Isn't it? Look, young person. Anybody here? If you're following Christ, we've all got to be ready to kiss goodbye to our reputation. Jesus did, you must. Following him, you've got to leave behind comfort, ready to. Following him, you've got to leave behind your reputation. Secondly, look at verses 34 to 39. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth, I did not come to bring peace. Amazing thing for Jesus to say when he's called the Prince of Peace. But a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, if you're struggling with me, you might struggle with my accent, or me being English, or, you know, you might be struggling with lots of things. You might not like my style. Fine. But what I want to say is, is what I'm saying actually what Jesus is saying? Look, if, if, you are a follower of Jesus. You have to put your family second. Now, I am not saying that that means, oh, here's a Christian worker who never sees his family and all that side. I'm not saying that you love your wife like Christ loves the church. You love your children because they're a gift of God. All right, I'm totally, utterly for that. But clearly Jesus is saying is, look, a friend of mine used to say, Trevor, always put your family first. No. No. Christ first, always. Gospel first, Always. Isn't that, what Jesus, isn't that what Jesus is saying, young person? You put Christ first. So you want to go and be a missionary in in outer Africa, and your parents and you, you know they pay for you to go to university and they pay for you to be a doctor and you've got a glittering career here, and the pressure is staying here. I'm not going to see my grandchildren i pay for you to go through university. Stay here. The people in Africa, they never heard of Christ. You put the call of Christ first. Now, I've got children. When they grow up, and I hope and pray that they want to go out to Africa and be a missionary. Although by then, it'll be the Africans coming here to be missionaries. To us, because we're so pagan. And there's more and more. God is really moving in Africa. But I hope and pray that I will be obedient to the voice of Christ and be absolutely made up even though you're facing a huge cost ok, let's have another picture um, of the next great anyone know this is a bit harder anybody know who this is? a bit more modern than uh, C.T. Studd, the cricketer Jim what did he say? let's see what he said he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot... He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep... To gain what he cannot lose. Look, there is, you can get this on YouTube. There is a brilliant... I think Steve Camp, the musician... He read Through Gates of Splendor. I'd encourage you young people to read... Biographies of great missionaries. to so tell you the story of him. It's brilliant. If you, go, if you do Steve Camp, go on YouTube... He read Through Gates of Splendor. He, spent a ho- he then put a whole album to the story of Through Gates of Splendor. Jim Elliot. There was five guys, young, whole lives ahead of them. They wanted to reach the Alca Indians in Ecuador. They were all, nearly all of them were married. One of them had a child on the way. Jim Elliot had a beautiful little girl. They had the passion. Jim Elliot said, I cannot live another day. With the thought of these Indians going to hell, I must go and reach them. How often do you hear things like that said today? I cannot live another day with the thought of these people going to hell. I must get there to tell them of Christ. You know, they've got real live footage of them preparing before they go, of, of them actually flying, of them landing, of them talking to an Indian, of them taking this, this Indian up in the plane and then the day comes and they all get in the plane and they go and if you know the story you know what happened every single one of them was butchered killed and then what happened elizabeth elliot jim elliot's wife and one of the other guys sister went back to the tribe to tell him the gospel. And in this, in, in this uh, you can get it on YouTube, but in this video, you see her going. You see their little beautiful American little child with blonde hair walking around with these other children from the Alka village. I mean, every time, I've seen it about five times, every time I cry. And they went back. And the whole tribe, through Elizabeth Elliot and this other sister of one of the guys who got killed, the whole tribe are converted. And then what do they do? They then start sharing the gospel with the other tribes. And more and more of them are converted. And then you've got this elder, one of the elders of the church, who killed the missionaries standing there with the Bible. He's about 80 years old, preaching it. Could you see another? Could you see Islam if some of Muslims were killed? Could you see Muslims then going back with the grace and, and gently telling them the message of Islam? Only the gospel does that, doesn't it? What a message we've got, haven't we? Now, young people, those guys were ready to give up everything, even their families, to tell the good news of Jesus. They were an outworking of the, what I've just read, weren't they? Weren't they? Weren't they? Am I, am I I'm talking a different language? Isn't that just what Jesus is saying? You now, Jesus calls us to leave behind even our reputation and our family. Jesus calls us, please turn back to Matthew chapter 5, and we're nearly done. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 47. Jesus calls us to leave behind things comfort, reputation, Family, Jesus calls us also to literal obedience. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verses 43 to 47. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. You know, there's a true story in the 1960s in America when racism was at its very height. There's a true story of a black couple that moved into a white area. Every day they got the most fierce, aggressive, and evil persecution just for being black. Every day when they went to take their little child to school waiting at the school would be mu- white mums and dads waiting to scream and uh, uh, foul abuse at the, at the little child and the parents as they brought their little child to school. Faces full of hatred just because the child was black and going to a white school. So much so how bad it was that the little child was, had a counsellor come to spend the day with the family so as to help the little child cope with this. The counsellor was with the little child for the whole day and at the end of the day sat down with the little child to talk through the day that they had had. She chatted with the child and she said, Look, I noticed this that as you were walking into the school with your mummy and your daddy, that as the people were there and screaming and foul and horrible abuse at you just because of the colour of your skin, what I noticed was that you stopped. For about 30 seconds, you looked at the people and then you carried on. Why did you stop? The little girl said this to the counsellor. The reason I stopped was this. Every single morning, my daddy opens our Bible and we pray for those people. But because you were here, we didn't pray for them that day. So I stopped and I prayed for them. That is literal obedience, isn't it? Jesus says love your enemy look I live in right central London if you've ever been to London I live basically at the bottom of the BT tower what used to be called the post office tower I call it the post office tower my children come back it's the BT tower look at the bottom where we live on the way to school we live about two minutes walk from our school there's a playground on the roof because there's no room in London but the playground on the roof and uh, we walk along as we walk along there's probably about six um, telephone boxes and in those telephone boxes people put pictures of prostitutes with their numbers underneath the road sweepers the local police take them down within a couple of hours they're back up again take them down they're back up again take them down back up again Come down they're back up again my children every day have to walk past and look at them and so do I at least I try not to I've been waiting longing to catch the person who puts them up I have imaginations what I'm going to do to him or her a couple of weeks ago I caught him and I had my little speech prepared so I said, I'm really pleased that I've met you. Really pleased. And every single Tuesday, I work for a local church, and every single Tuesday, I do an assembly at school, just two minutes walk from here. And you know what? I want to, I, I want to invite you to come to the assembly next Tuesday. So I'll meet you here at 10 o'clock. And then what I want you to do is to look at those children in the eyes and to explain to them why you put the pictures up here. Would you be there? happy to do that? I said, I oh, know you're just a runner and there's a much bigger cheese. I'll give him a ring then. His number's there. He said, no, I don't give him a ring. Invite him also. Now, guess what? He wasn't there at Tuesday at 10 o'clock. <laughs> now, I'm walking away, I'll be totally honest, feeling quite happy with myself that I've had such a good little speech to say to you. And the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear, Okay, Trevor, he's your enemy. How are you going to love him? How are you going to reach him for Christ? He's a lost soul. How are you going to win him? In our flats, below our flats, there's uh, the place where all the guys on those bicycles, I've seen them in... in uh, your city Uh, the guys on the what are they called where they cycle rickshaws all of them are underneath our flats and do you know what they've taken to urinating at our door so you come in the front you come in the front door of our flats and it stinks of urine what do you think I want to do to them my wife comes out sees them urinating says can you stop urinating please and they carry on. What do you think I want to do if I catch them? What do you think my natural man wants to do? I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to kick them right where it hurts. They won't urinate for a very long time. That's what I want to do. And the the Holy Spirit comes back to me and says, love them. How are you going to love them? That doesn't mean... I don't try and stop and get the pictures of the prostitutes taken away. It doesn't mean that I don't want to stop them urinating. But how am I going to love them? That's the call of Jesus. They're my enemy. How are you going to love them? Now, who's your enemy? Who's the person, that, who's the person at work that's a real pain in the neck? Who's the person at work that's undermining your authority? Who's the person in your class Who everybody else laughs at. And everybody else finds a pain in the neck. You going to love them? Literal obedience. And then lastly, lastly, Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. What does he say? Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. He says, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishes of men. Look, I would love to preach the whole of the Sermon on the Mount to you, but you'll probably be asleep. But basically, Jesus is saying this. You want to catch men and women for God? How do you do it? You live the Sermon on the Mount. If you live the Sermon on the Mount, if you're ready to follow Christ, follow Christ, the one who is the all-beautiful one. Follow Christ. Just turn now, lastly, to Matthew chapter 11. And we read these few verses and then I will finish. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. This is the one you're following. This is the one that you leave comfort for. This is the one that you leave your family for. This is the one that you leave all for. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord. Of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. You follow the one who reveals to you the truth to get you to heaven. That's the one you're following. Verse 27. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses Reveal him. Who are you following? You're following the one who has all authority. You're following the one who one day will return. The one one who every single eye will see. That's why England losing is really not that important, because one day Jesus is returning. That's what makes England's defeat not that important. That's what makes your you messing up your exams not that important. Work hard. Try and get good results. I'm not saying don't. But that's what makes it really, in the big scheme of things, not that important. Verse 28 and 29. This is the one you're following. who says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Steph, Have you found rest for your soul, brother? Hallelujah. The one living for drugs and alcohol, were they a good master? Come to the Lord Jesus. All you who are weary, were you weary? Burdened, heavy laden? You came to him, what did he give you? Rest. What a savior. Who else would you want to follow? Absolutely. Great cost now, but where are you going? Heaven via the cross. Who are you following? So when it's hard, you have to keep asking yourself, okay, it's hard, hard, hard. But who am I following? The revealer of truth. Who am I following? The one who has all authority. Who am I following? The one who gives me rest of my soul. That's who I'm following. So what do you do? You keep on keep on following, didn't you? You keep on following. Keep your eyes on him. You keep on following. Let's bow our heads, shall we, and pray? Dear Father, we thank you and praise you for the words of the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he never, ever spoke in muffled tones. He was always crystal clear in what it meant to follow him. Father, I pray for these dear young people. I pray for us as adults that we'll be so taken up with how wonderful Jesus is that the cost will not feel as painful as it could be because we're so taken up with him. Please, please forgive us when we are so, so, so selfish When we think of our needs before the Savior's. Please forgive us for that, I pray. Forgive me for that. Help us to be marked by being selfless as a church here, as individuals, not instead looking after our own little needs, our own little needs. Please save us from that. Save the preacher and hearer alike, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.